This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. Oh. Okay, we on? All right, all right, we are on. Um, another um, question I got. It's question time, Nick. And welcome. Welcome to the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I'm Stu Saunders. And I am Nick Foley. And we are pumped and excited. And um, someone said, Stu, what is your favorite old school hip hop rap band? It is Run DMC. Really? That's your guy? Yeah. That's your team, eh? Your, 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 your boys. Do you know Run DMC was the first band to ever promote a shoe? Adidas. Adidas, any, any running shoe. Really? They were the first one to ever, and, and they got that because they did this song, My Adidas. Someone from Adidas went to a concert, and when they would do this concert, they would do this song, people would all hold their Adidas up in the air. Really? And these guys from Adidas were like, that's gold. And they signed a deal with Run DMC for this song to become the song for Adidas. And they all wear the shell toe, right? Yeah, shell toe and Adidas. that's where it all came from. So Run DMC, which also uh, was the only African-American band, uh, musical act that was at Live Aid. Oh, is that right? Which was a concert for Africa. Yeah, I did not know Everybody that. else was white. No kidding. Yeah, they were it. They were the only ones. Good insight. That's yeah. a little little history uh, lesson. Little Run DMC. My, my favorite Adidas. rap video, or rap, uh, mine is... Uh, rap or hip hop? Rap or hip hop. Well, like currently I like Eminem, that's my guy, but... Um, he's, he's pretty current, he's pretty new, he's pretty cutting edge. Well, he's still he's doing also it. also 25 years, that was 25 years ago, or 20 years ago when he came out. You know who I like, like 90s. is um, uh, Notorious B.I.G. You don't like that, you just don't like Notorious B.I.G. You like Notorious? Yeah. You know what my favorite rap song of all time is? No, Ju- I don't know Juicy. how to... Juicy? It was all a dream, I used to read Word Up Magazine, Salt and Pepper Heavy D straight up... No? Yeah, you like me? that's really good, Nick. Um, so anyway, welcome to another episode <laughs> of uh, The Authentic Entrepreneurs. This is a, a fun episode. We wanted to, to reach out and ask your questions. We got a bunch of questions. Um, and uh, I just wanted to uh, to share our answers with people. Yeah, we've done this. Uh, we did this once before, I think, right? Yeah, this is our second Q&A. Our second Q&A. And, and we you don't can do it all always time, so. ask us questions. Yeah, yeah please just do. Drop a question, DM us on our social meds. Our email address, um, whatever, like it's all. Just yeah. do it. We we'll, 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 we save them up, um, and then we ask questions. Um, so the first question I have, Nick, uh, goes to both of us, and the question is, why is the wall behind you in your studio so bare? Now, if you're not watching <laughs> ever on YouTube, you have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. But if you have watched us, at any point, you know that we have this cool studio. Um, Shout out to Nick O'Malley, who actually helped put together all the, the actual set behind us, which is this awesome barn board, reclaimed, not new, reclaimed barn board. Um, and we built the whole studio. It's an amazing studio, actually. If you ever get a chance in Kitchener-Waterloo, come by and see it. It's absolutely gorgeous, soundproof, just got all the lights, yeah. it's got all the technology, it's pretty cool. Um, but why don't we put props up? Why do we have it so plain, Jane? Um, and I don't have an answer for that, other than we just haven't done it. I think that's a great answer. I, I don't mind. I, you know what? People are so um, attentive because I never would have ever thought to ask mm-hmm. that question. I feel like we have lots on the wall because it's not just a white wall behind us. It's like we've got this cool television that shows question time. 
and we have these reclaimed panels from a barn. I mean, I, I don't know. What else do you want? Actually, I don't think they're from a barn. I think they're actually from pallets, like the wooden pallets. They're from wooden pallets, like yeah. you said, I guess. It was yeah, wooden pallets. So, yeah, I don't know. Good question. Maybe what, what, would, you, what would that person suggest, I wonder? Well, I maybe thought maybe if, if we were to get, like, pictures of guests we've had. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good idea. And just kind of put pictures of all the different guests we've had. And, what do you think, Mikey? Thumbs up from Mikey. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Well, thanks for that question. All right. So, thank you very much. Uh, Beth, for that question. You're next. Here's a business question that I got. Um, do you need a certain amount of followers on social media to make a in major impact with your business or initiative? Um, my quick answer is yes and no. Okay. You want to elaborate or do you want to? I think if you have one follower on social media, it's probably your mom. Mm-hmm. And she may love you, but it's irrelevant to your business. Mm -hmm. I think there is a certain number you need. I don't think you need to have four million followers to make an impact, which people think you have millions. I don't yeah. think you have millions. Clearly, you'll start if you have that. If you no. have, to have that many, you'll never start. Um, I think that you need to have um, again quality of your followers um, is better than um, the, the quantity of your followers. Like I mean, I remember Phil Jones said his best video was a video that had, you know, 3,000 views, uh, 2,400 views, got him the most return for his work. And he had videos that had hundreds of thousands of views, and they didn't. Yeah. Or Scott Stratton said that he's had videos with, he had one video with 13 million views, I think, and it didn't really garner him anything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think views or followers is as relevant as who's watching. It's not Active. how many are watching, it's who's watching your video. Is it direct enough to who you want to connect with? Well, that's an interesting question because I, I remember uh, my, my little nephew, he has Instagram. I don't know what grade he's in. And, two. And uh, <laughs> in grade one or two. But no, he has Instagram. And I think he had like, I looked at his, so he follows me on Instagram. And I, so I follow him back, of course. And, and, uh, and he has like, you know, 75 followers on Instagram. All right. And, but it's interesting because he, he'll post a picture up and he'll have like 72 likes on his photos. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? It's so like the, the, like the amount of people that he has per like, if I have 2000, I get 75 likes on a photo. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like I, I never yeah. really look at it, but it's like, so the engagement is what's important, but it reminds me of a story. It was funny. We, as we talked about in previous episodes, my company just finished 20 K sock day. And I asked Congratulations that question. Thank you, sir. And I asked the question, um, and he, he, that, that question was posed to me. And I asked him, I said, well, let me give you an example. Let me ask you, he's like, when's the right time to start? And I said, right away, as soon as you think. He goes, you don't think you have to have followers to do it. And I said, we were able to garner, you know, 28,000 pairs of socks. How many followers do you think I have on, on Twitter, for example? And he looked, he's like, well, 20,000. He's like, I would say 40,000, 40,000 followers. And I told him, I was like, we have 58. And he's like, 58,000? I'm like, 58. Period. 58 followers. Yeah, on, on Twitter. Now, we never use Twitter that often. We start to use it a little bit now. We don't use it as much. So I asked him, he's like, well, people don't use Twitter. What do you use on Instagram? I said, okay, we use Instagram. What do you think we have on that? We started the company in July. We're not, you know, we're learning. We're getting more now and we have more now. But before Sock Day started, I said, what do you think we have? And he's like, now he's kind of on to me a little bit. And he's like, I don't know, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, what? And I was like, 300. So my point is, is that what happened was, is that we garnered momentum because we had good first followers and we had people who were like, oh, this is something, you don't need to follow me on Instagram mm -hmm. to, to, to learn. We had a good network of people we were able to send direct messages to and there's a whole bunch, we talked about it in one of our podcasts and you can look it up. But my point is, is that the best time to start is immediately, yeah. you know? And then if you, like you said, if you have some engagement, some good, like people who engage in your uh, content, 
then you know all you need is one or two people that will look at your content and be like this is this is something I believe in and they could have 5,000 or 10,000 and I'm, I'm a believer in that mm -hmm. because they start retweeting it or reposting it mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you garner that momentum and a movement is made, right? So my answer to that question is kind of kind of same as, similar to yours, but a little different in the sense that you just need to get started. But here's what I'll say quickly, but I don't want to get into the whole social media concept, no, no. content, sorry, conversation because that is, we've done it once. I think we could do it a few more times. Um, I think if you want to build up a social media following, and people may disagree within my own office disagree with me um, I think you need to put out a crap load of content but your content can't be crap no I disagree so hold on oh no I don't disagree sorry I don't disagree with you <laughs> I don't yeah but it doesn't have to be perfect content and so what I mean by that is um, the new the, I think the new currency is time Okay, period. I, yeah, I agree. People value their time more than anything yes, else, yes. And, and you can't make more of it. So, you know, um, so currency is, is, is so when people follow you on Instagram or Twitter or they, you're in their Facebook feed um, or LinkedIn, whatever they're doing, I think that that time also is like real estate. Okay, so, on, so time equals real estate on Instagram. And so when you've got to, when you've got to like s scroll through, a thousand things, right? And you post one, say someone's got 200, they're following 200 people, which is why I only followed 90. But a lot of people follow a lot, a lot more than that um, on Instagram. If you're following 250 people and they post once a day, it is literally a needle in a haystack if they notice what you post, mm -hmm. right? So Gary Vee said, you should post 100 times a day, 100 posts a day. And he says, actually, I think you should do 200 posts a day. Now, Gary Vee has people that do things for him and they create content. But he says he does a lot of the content himself. And the reason why is you've got to find that second of time in their real estate, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. So one post a day doesn't get noticed. So, and then you can hook them with hashtags Right, you know, you pull the hashtags. Sure. Out. They say you should do you do maximum thirty hashtags on Instagram. Yeah. So you hook them with your hashtags. They'll they'll look at your thing. They'll like it. They'll scroll through, see if it's valuable. If it's valuable, if they're not a bot, if it's valuable, they'll follow you. Yeah. And if you don't keep posting, they want that real estate back. So they don't keep following you. They immediately unfollow you, right? Because like you posted one thing was interesting. I'm looking forward to what you're posting next. You post two days later, you've been forgotten. And they want that real estate back. Right. They don't want to get. They don't want to lose that real estate to your wasted or non-existent content you're putting out. So what Gary says is, I like this. He said, people spend hours trying to create the most perfect post, like the most colors, the picture, the angle, the wording, the verbiage. They put it out at eleven o'clock on a Tuesday morning. It gets inserted into that person's real estate, and then it's gone. Yeah. They have, you, you spent two hours for one second of your time. But if you take that same, like, you know, so if you, if, if you and I were to take, and we do this every week, we don't, I don't do it enough, and it's my, I'm apologizing for it, but every week, Mikey, our producer, um, will put together three or four or five pieces of Instagram content for each episode. Mm -hmm. So we put out samples yeah. on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook um, of little bits and pieces of our podcast. Um, so what you should do is you should take if you've got 10 minutes of content, you should 
break it into 10 pieces of content, not one 10 minute piece of content. Mm-hmm. That way you're grabbing real estate, you're grabbing real estate, you're grabbing real estate, you're grabbing real estate. And I think that is the key because I, I, I tried doing it. So I tried doing 100, 100 posts in a day um, on between all of my social media feeds. It right. wasn't like 100 on one, it was 100 between my YLCC Stu, Authentic Entrepreneurs, Global Student Leadership Summit, mm-hmm. Global Student Leadership Summit. Across all your companies. Yeah, so 100, not all of them, just I took three. And three. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram and a couple on Twitter, but I don't really do Twitter as much as I probably should. But I, I, I threw it out there and we went from, we went up, we doubled. Mm-hmm. Our, our Authentic Entrepreneur. Yeah, Authentic did, yeah. It doubled went from 68, yeah. sad, yeah. but 68 followers to 117. Yeah. So almost double. Yeah. And then I didn't really do anything else for my one, I do authentic, authentic thing every day. I do a mm-hmm. little thing, and every so often you'll throw one up. We do like one or two a day. Yeah, that's all we do, and our numbers dropped again. Yeah, right back down, within three days. Yeah, and so if you keep doing, so I ended up doing forty-four. I did forty-four posts that day, so not even hundred. Sixty-six less than what Gary Vee suggests. Yeah, and then we went up almost double. Yeah, and had we kept on doing that, I think it would work. Right. The problem is people don't want to put the time in. That's they'll, a lot. They'll right? put as much time in making one post. Yeah instead of making 10 posts. Not quite as pretty, right? but 10 posts with something of interest or catching or, or whatever. I think that's that's the key to building so, that social media. And you could argue with Gary Vee on a lot of things, and I don't agree with everything he says, but he literally has, I watch, you watch his social media, and it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And if people don't like it, they won't follow you, and that's yeah. okay, because they're just, probably not gonna get into your shit anyway. Yeah. We're just talking social media, like get some perspective, right? Yeah. Not, you don't like it, just unfollow it. Then unfollow it, right? And we're out of your real estate. Sure. You want your real estate back, we want too much in your, that's fine. It's all about time and real estate. Yeah. Time versus, which is actually a really good, I never really thought of that right now. But, yeah. So, and here's, so let me go one more step. Sorry, this question's taking a long time. And I'll, I'll finish it up. So, Masters of Scale, which is one of my favorite podcasts, Reed Hoffman does that. And he is, uh, Reed Hoffman is the, was the founder of LinkedIn. He was originally with PayPal. Do you know LinkedIn was sold to Microsoft for $27 billion? Uh, no, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, so Microsoft owns LinkedIn. But when he, when he started LinkedIn, so he went from PayPal, which was sold to eBay for $1.5 billion. And so he, he was five of them. He was one of the five. He made his $300 million. And he went off and he started a couple other things, but LinkedIn was the big thing he started. And so people wanted to know how to get his first followers. Like, how'd you get the first LinkedIn followers? And so he, he said that, here's the challenge with people. He said, you reach out to your family and friends and your close social networks, and you say, here's my new thing I'm doing, and they'll all buy in. They'll all follow you. They'll all do one thing, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your best friend, will, I'll try that. Like you mm-hmm. say, hey, you say your best friend, you say, hey, Steve, and I'm sure Steve was your best friend. Yeah. But you'll say, hey, Steve, look, I made this new green drink concoction. It makes me grow muscles. Mm-hmm. Try it. Steve knows you. He'll be like, all right, I'll try it. But then if nothing else after that, yeah. I'm bored. I'm moving on. Yeah, so exactly. your close network will always buy in. Your initial, the, the people who have already bought into you will continue to buy in once. Right. That's your first. But it's the second level or the third level that really matters. And they don't know you. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they're not just going to buy in because you're Nick Foley or I'm Stu Saunders or I'm YLCC or you're, you're WeBS or you're, right. you know, they don't give a crap because they don't know you. Yeah. It's like with Epic. Yeah. Epic, I reached out to 20, 25 people <laughs> and I said, this is Epic, do you want to buy in? And two thirds bought in right away because yeah. they know me. Exactly. But it's the ones beyond that that are the real followers. That's right. 
So do you need to have a large following to make a, a difference? You have the right following. It has the right following. Yeah. And you need to be, you need to give them content, mm -hmm. like so much content. Um, and so that's why, you know, if you could have someone who can document what you're doing and put it out there for you, great. I mean, if Mikey had time, I would say I have a 40 minute episode of our show, there should be 40 bits of content. Yeah, yeah. But he has time. Yeah, it's unrealistic. Sure. But that, that, I think you need to have a, you need to create a lot of good content that mm -hmm. has value, but a lot of it. Yeah, but the content needs to have value. I don't think you want to have a spam page. As, you know what I mean? I mean, we can talk about this all the time, but like, whereas people look at me no, like, ah, that's a lot of the same thing. Yeah, you know I don't, I mean? I don't think it, it has to be crap. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah. But, but I don't, I just think people, but spend, does that have to be I don't think people realize, if you look at someone's, I don't think people realize how little um, time you give, how, many, how much time they have for your one post. That's it. Like just like on to the next thing. It's, it's a half a second. Yeah. Right. Unless they're reading the whole thing that goes with it. Right. Yeah. And if you're asking the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like buy socks, buy socks, buy socks, buy socks, yeah. buy socks, buy socks, buy socks, buy socks, buy socks, yeah. buy socks. Mute. I'd mute yeah. myself. Yeah. I'm like, so do you want me to, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Do you, exactly. do you, Not quite I'm getting it. I'm getting yeah. what you're trying to do. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that, good that's question. that question. Yeah. My, my, my next? Yes. Okay. Back to fun questions. Because that was a serious question. Um, how can we support you? Subscribe. Yep. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get podcasts, really. Just hit subscribe. Yeah. We're easy to subscribe to. You just hit the button. Mikey, did you, have you subscribed? Good. Yeah. And, well, we know for sure we have the three of us. Perfect. Yeah. And Portia. So it's four of four. us. Four. Thanks, Portia. Now, are you listening? Um, you're listening, <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Uh, next question comes from Aaron. Um, and favorite, favorite place you've traveled for work or pleasure? Okay, I'll go first. Mm -hmm. So favorite place I traveled for work, without a doubt, has been New York City. Um, I went to New York City four, I think three or four years ago to speak at this conference. Um, great experience. My wife and I went down. We, we, we actually took the train down and uh, stayed across the street at Madison, right across the street from Madison Square Garden, which was great. And we went down to like, right, we were right in Manhattan, went down to Times Square, went, spent the day in um, uh, Central Park and, and spent a little Italy and, and it, was, it was great. We had a great time. We were only there for three days. I had I to speak it. for an hour. And so out of that time, she went and did her thing and I went and I spoke for an hour. So I was like two hours of work basically in prep and then kind of uh, coming down from it. And then uh, that was it. That was the, that was the best, uh, that was for me, it was just speaking in New York City. It was kind of, it was a small little group. I did a workshop, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was an unpaid thing. They asked me to come down and uh, they paid for my expenses. I paid for my, my wife and I, but it, or for my wife's and um, went down, we had a great time. But you know, it was like, I think there was like 11 people in the room and nothing came from it, but I, it was nice to say That's I spoke in New York, York City. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as like travel, uh, yeah, I'd say like eight years ago, we traveled Europe. I lived in just outside of London for two years. So I was in Europe a lot by myself, but my wife and I went down and we started in Austria because I was working there at a hockey school. And then uh, with another couple, uh, spent some time and, and we were in the Amalfi Coast and the Amalfi Coast in, um, in Italy was without a doubt the most beautiful experience I've been around. So I was able to do that and able to do it with my wife. So that made it uh, even better. But those are the two places for me. Right on. Uh, for me, favorite place to work would be, jeez, um, I've traveled so much. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've just traveled so much. But I think my favorite place to, to, that I go and I look forward to going um, is, 
is Kelowna, British Columbia. Yeah, I love it's beautiful. Kelowna, yeah. BC. I was there with you, yeah. Yeah, and I love it because there's some cool restaurants, but there's some great wineries. Yeah. It's a good vibe. I love BC in general. BC, so BC is my favorite place in Canada to travel to. Yeah. Although I'm passionate, I love Prince Edward Island, and I love, but BC yeah. for work. Don't come PC. at us. We love the Maritimes too. Yeah, well, yeah I love PEI. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh my gosh, PEI is so gorgeous. Yeah. No, Nova Scotia, Halifax, what people, a great city. People in Newfoundland, it's yeah. beautiful. Uh, Belleville, no. Belleville, I didn't say that. Uh, I just, did. Hometown. Did. Hometown. Shout out to Grand Bend. Vegas. Grand Bend. Um, that's where I live. Uh, look, but my I'll favorite place I've gone for work and pleasure is uh, Europe. So every year I get to go to Europe for a week. Mm. Um, I get paid to go to Europe every year for a whole week, yeah. and I have had the most amazing. I love the city of Maastricht, yeah. which is the Netherlands. I just love Maastricht. They have so many restaurants and such architecture and such history and. You can walk for hours, cobblestone streets, and it's just beautiful, right in the river. It's just, mm. I love Maastricht. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's great. And anywhere my wife is, is a great place to travel. Oh. Next question. You want to go or you want me to go? You go. All right, here we go. Next question is, we only have two more questions left. It's a quick episode. Quick episode. A quick Hard episode. to speak sometimes. Yeah. What fictional character would you like to meet? Fictional? Fictional character. So, like a... Well, you know what? Let's change that. What fictional or non-fictional character? I don't care. Like, what what person would you like to meet? They're so different. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, then you have to give two answers. And I recognize what fictional is. I love the fact that you're trying to you're going to give me the definition. Of I was because you said you said fictional. <laughs> well, I was just like fictional. That's interesting. But as it pertains to like just fictional character. Okay, so I will say one, and then you say one, and then I'll say one. We're doing fiction one. or non-fiction first. So I'll go non-fiction. Okay. Um, and I would like to meet the. Um, who would I like to meet? Maybe you should go first. No, you should <laughs> go first. All right. Um, fictional character. N- I'd like to... Non-fictional character. Let's switch this up. <laughs> I would like to meet uh, Gary V. I'm going to say that. I'd like to meet Gary V. That's your non-fictional? No, my fictional character. Gary or my non-fictional character. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I don't know the definition of, of fictional. You're non... So my so fictional character... I Or my non-fictional character... Gosh, this is a disaster. Okay. The person I'd like to meet that's actually a human being is is Gary V. How long, would you like to have an hour with him? Like a dinner with him? I just asked a few questions. 15 minutes. Like that. Oh, if I could have a dinner with him, for sure. And I just think that he's like... He's got a good... Um, he's got a good, like, you know, obviously a good vibe. He's, he's, he's a real entrepreneur. But one thing about him is, and you and I are both in the speaking realm, is he's a speaker, but he speaks on what he does. And I just think that that's, you know, the epitome of authentic yeah. and I'm, I'm, application. I'm, I don't have time for speakers who talk about stuff they don't yeah. do. We've talked about that. And, and I, I agree. But here's the thing. He is a fantastic, uh, like, entrepreneur. And I just like to pick his brain on the process of building Van- VaynerMedia to where it was from a thought to where it is now. And I feel like I could get such insight on that. And I mean, I've listened to him speak several times, uh, twice, but it seems like several times. I listened to him speak twice live. And uh, and I just was just like taking notes, right? So yeah. um, he would be a good guy. And I took that because I know you're a big fan. So I wanted you to have to switch it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm, I would I would love to hang out with Gary Vee. Yeah, 100%. for sure. Um, I would like, it's going to sound probably a little bit like fake because it's like such an obvious thing. but. For me, I would love, well, for, if you know me, it's obvious. I guess if you don't know me, it's not obvious. But I think if I could pick one person in the whole world to hang out with, it would be John Stewart. Mm. And John Stewart, the former host of The Daily Show, um, I just, I love his passion for humanity, animals, politics, humor. Um, I think he revolutionized satirical news. In, and I just think he's not only just, he didn't just say it, like I, he goes and he, he fights for people's rights and 
He's smart, really, really smart. At least he comes comes out. I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's, maybe it's all scripted. But he has a he has a platform that he uses. Act, you know. Yeah, and even after and, and since he's retired from his show, you know, Trevor Noah's taken over. And I love Trevor Noah. I would yeah, love to hang good. with Trevor Noah too. But I would say I would say, more John Stewart. I get a shout out to our uh, uh, honorable mention to Warren Buffett. I mean, a guy I that's care been. Less. See, I I don't. I think I think an interesting. I would guy. rather hang out with uh, a goat. That's the worst thing. Like. Well, he is the greatest of all time when it comes to investing. So I guess is he, he would be. Or is he lucky? <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's change the subject. But I like I Warren. Fight, I think fight. Warren. Well, I will fight you on it. The fact that you want to lay, hang out with a goat over Warren Buffett. I wouldn't want to hang out with Warren Buffett. I don't invest. Well, I think that he could do you, do, do, you, give you, do you invest? Like, do you, do you invest money? I think that it would be. What's he going to share with you? I think it would just be good insight on the process of the compound effect, which which I would like to learn more about. So number one for you is Gary Vee. Number two would be Warren Buffett. Yeah, I would say Warren Buffett. But I think there's a lot of guys in my realm that I'd like to hang out with before Warren Buffett, but he would be someone I would like to talk to. How do you not want to invest, or how do you not want to share time with a guy that um, that has... He's like, the richest person in the world, or one of the top three. Yeah, so you, you'd want to hang out with... But you know another person that I thought would be another... I, I know we're supposed to say one, but Chip Wilson, the guy who started Lululemon, I just read his book. Yeah, uh, I don't I know what about, but I know he's a, pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's a really, like, a really interesting... Lives in Vancouver, or lives in BC. I think he's just outside of Vancouver. He'd be a great guy to have yeah. on our show. Canadian What's company. Goals. Uh, Canadian company, yeah. Yeah, great. successful. It's very, but, uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, he'd be interesting, but I'm glad okay, that you would pick a goat over Warren Buffett. Just for I the just, record, that's what he said, a goat over Warren Buffett. Goats are cute. But you're going to hang out with a goat and you have an opportunity to learn something from one of the most successful business people in but the world. I don't, Come but on. I know. I, literally, I bought Warren Buffett's book, Dancing to Work. Did you read it? I started to read it. It was painful. <laughs> well, he may not be the best writer in the world, but he's got to he know something. He probably didn't write that book. He's what a he? ghost writer who like, like sat around and he dictated to it. He's dictated like 91. the book to him. He, I know, and he's successful, but like, he made his money during the Depression. Like, I just he, think he would be interesting to learn from. He bought every stock that was worthless when he had some money, and that's where he and he, and he made his money. That's where he, that's how he made his money. And then once you have billions. You can be great at it. I'm, mm. I'm being. I'm just being. Facetious. I know you're being satirical, but yeah. no, I'm not being. I'm being facetious, not satirical. <laughs> facetious. All right. Um, which is a. Great He's trying to be word. funny. It's a word for funny. You're is being it? funny. I don't know what it means. This My is mom. going off the rails. Is it? I don't know. I this disagree. is like this. Is, this is what a podcast. This us. It's like well, like Tim and Sid. <laughs> I would be. Who's Tim? Well, I don't Tim? know. One of them's Tim. One of them's Sid. I'd be Tim. bald. Who's the bald? I'd guy? be Tim because he's the bald guy. Yeah, I'd be Sid. Be Sid. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so. Fictional uh, character. Who would my you see? fictional. This is for Aaron. Aaron, um, Nick, you gotta look. You gotta come back to the microphone when I'm talking. Yeah, but you were like way back here. Like, what? <laughs> you gotta Mike. look it up on YouTube to see what I'm doing right now. He's doing his, uh, his microphone dance. No, I'm checking out. Is what I'm doing. Wow. Because you pissed me off with the goat. No comment. one. Is, no one is listening anymore. No one. <laughs> it's just me and you chatting with Mikey. Good. Um, A goat over Warren Buffett. Aaron, my fictional character that I would like to hang out with. Would be Aragorn, or Aragorn. Who's that? He. Who was Aragorn? Oh what? my god! Like what? Is, who? Okay, let me try to guess. Let me try to guess. Aragorn. Aragorn. Or Aragorn. Aragorn. Okay, what is it? My, my, Mikey, Aragorn. Is Aragorn. It? Which one is it? Aragorn. You, you know it. You've watched the films. You're acting like Aragorn. Aragorn. Okay, let me see. So you said you know films. No, he was angry. If Ian Tyson's listening, he's angry. I've mispronounced it. Okay, so and rightfully so. And, and he, I apologize to Ian and anybody else there who's a fan of Aragorn. And he might Aragorn. be. And he might be uh, upset at the fact that I have no idea who that is. Let me just guess. You said films plural, so automatically I thought to my head, it's got to be a series. 
It's either it's Harry what? Potter or oh my God, not Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. Is it Lord of the yes, Rings? Yes, it is. Because I watched the Lord of the Rings. I used to watch them. I've watched. I've watched this. So you know who Aragorn three. is then? Yeah, I just don't. I just didn't remember it as much as you. It's Aragorn, G O R N. It's Aragorn, Mikey. Aragorn. Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen. Oh yeah, Viggo, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, who is the king? He's the king yep. in Lord of the Rings. See, I called it. I knew it. The Aragorn. Aragorn. That's who you'd like to meet. What was? Let's take it one step further. You have one question. He sits you down. He's the king, and he goes, "Stu, you have one question. What the hell is that? It's my giant fork. How do you get a fork that extends like that? This is a good story. Well, let's. What do you want to talk about first? The one question you're going to ask Aragorn, Air, Aragorn, <laughs> <laughs> or or the or the fork? Air for people guy. that are not listening, or people that are listening, great. Thank you for sticking with us. I don't know why you would, but. He's got a fork that he just pulled out that was like the normal size, and now it's like 12, I'd say it's 15 inches tall. First off, your imperial measurements are horrible. It's 24 inches. Right. It's two full feet. All right. It's two feet tall. He's got this fork. So why do you have a two-foot fork? I would ask Aragorn one question. Okay. What would it be? Why didn't they ask the giant falcons just to carry the ring to the Mordor and drop it in the fire? Crickets. <laughs> cool question, man. I don't know. I don't remember what happened. You should, they should have. They should have asked him that. They should have done that. Can you touch my face from there? He's stroking my beard with the fork, folks. What's your favorite fictional character? Like, I don't oh, um, I don't know. Aragon. Aragon. Oh, <laughs> Batman. You'd like to be Batman, wouldn't you? Who's the guy that... Um, Who's the guy that, this is true, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, this is a good question, because the person wants to know. So who's the person that has, um, uh, that has the, the, the metal heart, or not, uh, the, the Iron uh, Man? Iron Man, I'd like to meet Iron Man. Why are, you, why are you coming at me like? Tony Stark? Tony Stark, I want to meet Tony Stark. Because he seemed like a good business guy, and I have some questions about how he built his business. And he's like, he's like. He's a billionaire. Yeah, well, but he's a, I mean, he's a fictional character. I think he would be interesting because he's got a lot of gadgets that'd be cool to hang Stark out Industries. Around. Stark Industries. And the one question I would ask him is, can I put on the suit? Yeah, but the suit's not good without his little glowing heart. Well, give me the, put the heart, because is that part of the suit? Well, it's there, but it's a whole fragment, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to get into the whole story. Um, I'm not going to get into just. So who would win in a fight, Aragon or Tony Stark? Tony Stark would get a metal suit with laser beams. All Aragorn's got is a sword. And that's Great it. hair. He does have great hair. Flowing long hair and a good beard. Seems good like beard. he's got a lot of will, though, that Aragorn. Doesn't he mm -hmm. fight? Doesn't he ride? What's he riding? Oh, it's a big horse? He rides a, he rides a, he rides a, yeah, he's got a horse. Just try to fit into your world, man. Don't look at me like you're asking ridiculous questions because you're the fan of Aragorn. I'd probably to be, like to meet Captain Kirk. But anyway, that's a fictional character. It's Captain Kirk. Oh, no. Uh, I know this one. Uh, he is the guy from Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. This is going off the rails. Anyway, what's the fork? Tell us the story about the fork. <clears throat> Two so fork. I own uh, a summer camp, Youth Leadership Camps Canada. Can I hold it? All right. It's kind of sweaty because I'm kind of hot <laughs> with these lights. Um, but I own a summer camp, and that's my – no, it doesn't, it's not that good. You have to It'd actually be cool if it did. Um, and so that fork, watch on YouTube. This is our YouTube numbers are going to go through the roof on this episode if anyone's still listening. And that fork, which is two feet long, I walk around, get back to me. I walk around, so I walk around the dining hall. We have 200 kids in the dining hall. Ash Bear, great camp director, amazing staff at our amazing camp, ylcc.com, ylcc.com, uh, in the show notes. Uh, and I walk around and I try and eat the food. And then they go like, I pulled, they pull the little plates away and I go, whoa, 
And I take the little fork and I eat the food. Where, where did you get that fork? I don't remember. I just I think I saw like giant magical fork and I bought it and it goes in and out. That, really cool. I, I will say that's one of the best things I've seen in a long time, like a gadget. It's solid. It is like solid. It's solid. I it's not cheap. I think I paid nine ninety nine for it. <laughs> did you like $10. eBay it or did you buy it? From I bought it from like one of those like eclectic fun shops you see in Vancouver on, on Granville Island. Which, oh. By the way, I love Granville Island. Yeah, Granville Island. Nice. All right, so that's it for our can Q&A. we just end this? We can just end it. <laughs> uh, what is your best piece of advice you ever received from a teacher? The best piece of advice I've ever received from the teacher that you think people would benefit from in the audience that I would that I think people would benefit from was I was actually I took when I was in high school or when I was in high school I took a business course, and the one thing that she said was um, you need to in order to finish you have to start, and that was all the things that she power said. Of so start. yeah, the power of start. And I know it it may not come across as like really great worldly business advice, but I think she was probably referring to the fact that I never did my homework and, and things, but she's like, in order to finish, you got to start. Yeah. And I thought, I just thought that was a really good, um, you know, kind of a profound statement of a person that's just like, and like, I know it goes back to the person that, you know, wants to start movements that doesn't know they think they have the followers. It's just like, you get that by starting, you know, yeah. anything that's ever been done has started, has mm-hmm. been, has been done because someone started. So in order to finish, you have to start. That was a uh, good advice that I received from a teacher once. Nice. How about you, my friend? Uh, best piece of advice that I ever got was that I was going to, he said, it was from my principal in high school, so an educator, Rick Hodgson, and he said to me one day, you are going to be okay um, as long as you always remain yourself. Great. And I thought that was really, like, you're going to be okay. I was always, I didn't really fit in in high school, so when he said, you're going to be okay as long as you remain your, your true self, that was uh Actually, no. The other, actually, yeah. Another one he gave me more for like business was it's easier to get for forgiveness and permission. Mm, that's a good yeah. And you've used that many used times that in your life. A hundred times. <laughs> like we can't do this. Well, we're gonna give it. We're a gonna shot. we're gonna give it a shot anyway. We're gonna we're gonna screw it. Just do it. As, yeah. as Richard Branson says, screw it. Just do it. He'd be a good guy to meet. Richard Branson would, but he's a non-fictional character. What would you say to him if you were Richard Branson? Him? One question, and you're going through the line. And I you, met Richard Branson. Oh, I met okay. with him. Oh right. Oh. Sorry. What did you say to Richard? Dick Branson. I <laughs> <laughs> probably doesn't go by that, eh? Probably not. <laughs> if anyone's listening, if anyone's listening, it turned off a long time ago. Oh my Lanta! All right, you know what? This is this is the episode for the outtakes a year from now on our one year anniversary show. <laughs> what did you say to him? Okay, serious question. To Dick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> say to to Richard. Richard Branson. Yeah. Um, I just said, I said nothing to him because I was, in, I was awestruck. Right, yeah. So I said, hello, it's nice to meet you. I really like your name of your company. Really? That's what I said to him. And what was his response? Thanks. <laughs> Job done, that was it, then moved on? And he moved on. Okay. And he got a picture with me. Yeah, I saw the picture. I, I should have known that. And I went to shake his hand. Yeah. Because we were like, just two of us, and the photographer, because I was, was part of an event I was at. And so it was just us. We were away from the big crowds. And I went to shake his hand, and he had hurt his hand. Um, kite sailing. He's not a kite sailing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He heard it and he couldn't. He said, can't shake my hand. And I went, how about the other one? He goes, no. Really? So no, no he touch. said, thanks and no. That was it. Richard Branson, you know what he cost to speak? What? $350,000 for an hour. Really? And did he do like a keynote or was it a question and answer? Q&A. He doesn't do keynotes. Also, oh, He gets interviewed. Okay, cool. So I know that we're going to wrap things up, but I got to ask you another question. Outside of Richard Branson, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Because you'd be an entrepreneur. Nick or Foley. Business. <laughs> yeah. Mick Foley. I met Shaq. 
pretty cool guy. It's, uh, and uh, I will. I also met uh, St- uh, um, Steve Wozniak, Woz, who's so the who's other founder of Apple. Right. So Steve Jobs and Woz, the two Steves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woz was pretty cool. And um, as a business person, I think meeting Seth Godin was pretty cool. Yes. He's a pretty cool guy. Nice, super nice, like yeah. ridiculously nice. You kind of want him to be nice. He's very gentle and kind and nice. I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but he was very nice and chatted with me. Yeah. Uh, I met Robin Williams, late Robin Williams. It was pretty cool. How about you? That's good. I met, I met Seth Golden briefly. Very kind guy. I mean, yeah. generous, signed a book. Um, and he was just a, just a pleasant individual. I, I also I met uh, Wayne Gretzky at a at a thing a long time ago. It was like a little was he drunk? thing. No, no, he's mm-hmm. really a heavy drinker. Was he? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. He's the greatest of all time. But uh, yeah, I'd say those are the only two guys. That I think I, Michael Jordan's greater in basketball. Oh no, like he's greater in basketball than what you think Wayne Gretzky is in hockey. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a debate for another day. Mm-hmm. Probably. But hey, what did you ask Steve Wozniak? I. Um, I didn't really ask him, but he asked me a lot of questions, which was interesting. Uh, I found when people find out that I work with young people, they really want to ask me questions. It's interesting, right? Because we were in the opposite. Yeah. You know, I, I met when I met uh, Lanny McDonald, who's my favorite hockey player of all time. The, the stash. Big mustache. And I just said to him, he's like, I said, Lanny, I told the story. And, I, he, and he said, have I told the story before? Where he said, uh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a speaker. I work with kids. And he's with his family. And he said, well, oh, my, my daughter's a teacher. This is my daughter. And I met his daughter. He said, sit down with us. So they ended up asking me like ten questions, oh, I really? for like almost half an hour. Oh, so cool. So yeah, that was so. That, and Steve Wozniak, when I said, "Yeah, we got we got to go," we're forty minutes into our twenty minute episode. Yeah. Um, Next but, one's gonna be shorter. Uh, yeah, and then and then that was it. And oh yeah, and by the way, and uh, one question for Mikey is, um, can we see Mikey? No. How do you turn the camera around? To All see I have to do is get up and walk over here and give a wave. Oh, All right, yeah. Mikey he's is a, a mystery. Mystery, mystery like Mike. Mystery man. He is a mystery man, though. He's a, he's a man of many. I don't know what he is, a man of many, but he's a mystery man. Can I do a shout-out? To um, Aragon? No, to Mikey. Um, <laughs> uh, Mikey's movie is called... Uh, his new movie, his brand new movie is called The Final Ride, the Final Ride and it uh, debuts on March the 13th in Kitchener-Waterloo at the Apollo Theatre. Wonderful. The and Final Ride, Kitchener Waterloo, Apollo Theater. And how people get tickets for it? Uh, they can go uh, online to uh, go events, or they can buy them at the door. They haven't sold out yet. At the Apollo Theater in Kitchener Waterloo. It's going to be a great time. Part of the what festival? Uh, Blood in the Snow. Blood in the Snow. It's a hor- horror film. There's some fictional characters that I'd like Never to meet after. Never eat red snow or yellow snow. Pro tip from your old Uncle Stu. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this has been... Probably the most ridiculous uh, time we ever spent. I'll just hit the button there, Mikey. Don't forget um, to subscribe and follow. That's our that's our social meds. Personally, we love to follow you, build a community up. Thanks for listening. If you are listening anymore, this was the most ridiculous episode <laughs> we've ever done, and uh, it was the most fun I've ever had yeah. doing a podcast of my 25 <laughs> podcasts that I've ever done with Nick. Peace out, buddy. You got it. Until next time, keep being authentic. <laughs>